Welcome to Yope, your optimal personal economy, the podcast that empowers high performers to think differently around earning, protecting, saving, investing, and growing their wealth. We see wealth while encompassing money, also including other domains that hold significance, such as health, mindset, fitness, relationships, and diet. In every episode, your host, Justin Bennett, the founder and president of Bennett Financial, will discuss how he has been helping shift conventional paradigms in order to take control of their own personal economy. By taking ownership of your own circumstances, instead of following traditional methods, you can truly yield the results that will produce solutions in line with your expectations. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Your Optimal Personal Economy. I've got uh, on our show here today, Mark Nealon. Mark and I met probably about four years ago now. We met at an endurance event up in Vermont, and we did not know each other before that. Since the event back four years ago, Mark and I have gotten to know each other. I've been very fortunate to not just train with Mark, but compete with Mark, or at least try to compete with Mark, because Mark's at a whole nother level. You know, Mark is somebody that is extremely humble. He lives in a world of humility. I really appreciate people that live in a world of humility, but is still one of the highest performing athletes that I've come across when it comes to endurance challenges and, and just life for that matter, because I think Mark behaves a certain way and Mark behaves a way that most other people don't even want to try to behave because it's a, it's a difficult way to behave but yet it's a rewarding way to behave. So, you know, Mark, I uh, appreciate you coming onto the show here and I want to welcome you onto the show. So thanks for having, thanks for uh, jumping on board here. Uh, that, thank you for that, uh, th that introduction. And uh, of course, yeah, uh, anything. Thank you for, for asking me. Mark's background is, is fitness through and through. He owns a very successful gym here in the state of New Jersey but I think he influences many athletes all over the country because of what he does and how he operates from a fitness level standpoint. You know, Mark, I wanted to start maybe just talking a little bit about your background in fitness. I mean, I know you're, I'll say it, and that you can, you can stay in the world of humility, but you are an elite endurance athlete. That may not resonate with a ton of people, but it, it, it is certainly something that should be mentioned because you know, you, you, every time you take the field, so to speak, you have a certain attitude about performing. And that's not just when you're actually in the race, but it's also every single day when you're training. So can you just talk to me, talk to our listeners a little bit about this idea of uh, your level of commitment to fitness and to what you do and your passion for what you do? Growing up, um, you know, I, I, I was a soccer player and a baseball player. Um, I did not, I was not a runner. I uh, was not an endurance athlete whatsoever. I just ran for soccer and played baseball, and that was really it. And it, it wasn't really until uh, graduate school that I started to realize that, oh, maybe I, maybe I can be a, a decent runner. Growing up, it just going out for the track and field team or going out for cross country, it was nothing that was really ever pushed towards me. It was always kind of like you do something with a ball, do a ball sport, do a ball sport. So that's why I, I, I always did that. And I was never 
never the fittest person on the field. Um, even way back, I'm going to date myself, but we used to do those presidential fitness tests in gym. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do a pull up, couldn't climb the rope. I wasn't finishing first in the 40 yard dash by any stretch of the imagination, but I always kept coming back and I always wanted to be the kid that we could climb to the top of the rope. And that drive to always want to be a, 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 a professional athlete was always in me. I've just never, I still haven't gotten to that point yet. And it, it might not ever happen, but I just always want to get sort of that, the best out of, I've said this a couple times, like the best out of my DNA, see how far I can go with this running thing now that I've, I've sort of found it. So every day I just, I get up and do what I, I feel like I've worked so hard to get to this point that I've gotten to that I just want to, I want to keep going. So that's sort of the drive every day is to keep building upon the fitness that we gained from the day before. Um, And that doesn't necessarily mean going out and trying to run a hundred miles every day or break a, whatever, a five minute mile, but it's getting up and doing something that is, is going to help me for tomorrow. Does that, does that answer your question? It does. I mean, I think you're, you are the person that stacks all the wins. And when you stack all your little wins, you start to recognize that you build some momentum and when you build momentum you can go to places that are unimaginable you know you're you're well on your way there i mean i know that you were doing some crossfit competitive level stuff and then you competed there at a very very high level and then i think you stepped away from that you might continue to sprinkle your your time in there but you found yourself in this endurance world whether it be 50 mile runs, 100 mile runs, or it be climbing a mountain equivalent to uh, the, the number of times equivalent to Mount Everest. It just seems like everything that you do, like you were pointing out, is is trying to move the needle in a direction that's going to allow you to become better and better every day. I think though that you have some occasional off days, perhaps, and I think that for our listeners, Mark, we, we have a lot of people that are following this podcast that are high performers in whatever it may be. And sometimes, you know, for for people looking at high performers, they may think that a high performer only has a good day and never has a bad day. So talk to us a little bit about those days that maybe are not as good as you otherwise hope them to be. How do you work through that? And and just talk take us through take us through one of those one of those tougher situations. I mean, there are more days than not that I go outside for a run and it's I trying to get through mentally get through a mile. I'm like, I'm looking at my at my GPS watch. I'm like, oh, wow, it's like I haven't even done a mile yet. And and I think every runner has had that and, and it, ha- it happens a lot. And to me, it's just keep going because in the next 10 minutes, it might feel better. And if it doesn't, I'll just say to myself, well, it might feel better in the next five minutes, so keep going. And more often than not, it does get better. It, it still might not be like your best day, but it, it does, things will get better. And then, and I kind of rec- you know, justified all my head saying that if I had stopped before I had gotten to a mile, then any progress that I just made what wouldn't have happened, even if it was just the mental drive, the the 
the, the mental development of, okay, today's not a good day, but I kept going. Because come race day or event day, you may start out and it maybe you slept bad two nights before, three nights before, maybe you ate something bad. So it's race day might not be your day, but you want to finish the race. So you still have to keep going and push through. So I feel like even though physically there might be an off day, you can still gain something mentally. You just have to let yourself go to that place and say, okay, you know what? I didn't break a record here running, but I pushed through it. So that's a mental win. For us endurance athletes, we can always throw it back on to the fact that it was just a uh, aerobic day, base building. <laughs> sure, sure. So you're saying, if I heard you correctly, that if you have a big objective that you want to tackle and you hit some tough times, you then go back to looking at it over the short term and just try to work through it inch by inch or step by step or mile by mile or minute by minute. And that helps you get through that dark moment, which we all know that dark moments always surface. And when they do surface, the question then becomes is how do we react in relationship to that dark moment? Because that dark moment is just that it's, it's a dark moment. It's temporary, but it sounds like you do a really good job of, you know, getting through those tough times or those tough days by just kind of taking it down into, you know, breaking it down into more bite-sized pieces. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. I break everything into bite-sized pieces. Even this, the past weekend's race that you and I were at, you know, it wasn't 50 miles in my head. It was five laps. And I think even at one point, some, you, you had asked me, or maybe it was Christy asked me, how many more miles do you have? And I, I guess it may have been Christy. I was like, I have two laps. Because 20 miles, 20 miles still sound like sounds incredibly long. But if you say two laps, it's like, okay, you know what? I can do two laps. I can run two laps around the track. I can run two laps around this mountain. So I'm always breaking things down into increments, um, even in my, my training. Even if it's a good day, I still break it down. Sure, sure. That's huge. And I think it was, you may have said that to Christy. You did also say that to me. I think we were chatting about it during a short period of time when we were running next to each other before which you completely took off and I just try to prod along. But um, well, you're, you got your, uh, <laughs> you got, you're, you're dealing with other things or else you would have been right there next to me. So you made the wise decision. <laughs> but I think what you did say, Mark, was, hey, I'm on my third lap. I'm just looking at it from that perspective. And you knew that it was five laps of 10 miles. So when you're on your third lap, it, the perspective is a lot more manageable than, oh my goodness, I have X, X number of miles to go. I think that's huge. I think that's huge. So, hey Mark, you, you are in a good place with your significant other, with your spouse, in that you have common interests. I think that because of that, you are able to really enhance your relationship, enhance your bond together, and really share in the experiences that you guys go through. So talk, talk to us a little bit about what you think it means to, you know, align yourself with like-minded people, whether it be a spouse, associates, colleagues, friends, etc. But take us through that conversation and, and what is that importance to you? That is incredibly huge. And if uh, like having, being with Christy, I, I don't think I know. I know for a fact I would not. I would not be in the position I am right now, physically, athletically, you know, however we want to describe it. I'm, 
having somebody right there that supports you that when I say, hey, I got to get a two hour run in today, isn't like, oh, come on, I wanted to whatever, hang a light or something. It's like, OK, go go get your run in. And then when you come back, let's go do this. So and, and the same and it goes both ways. If she's getting ready like right now, she's getting ready for a go rock team assessment. And she's like, I need to get this sandbag, do this. I need to go for a two hour rock. I'm like, okay, yeah, go. Like, let's let's get this. Let's. I mean, I'm giving up caffeine with her because for that competition, you're not allowed to have any caffeine for 48 hours. So we're in it. I mean, even though I'm not doing that event, we're kind of in it together because it's it's sort of that supportive system where I think it would have been be horrible for her to smell coffee in the house when she's trying to give it up. So having somebody like yourself and Tim and all our whole our whole little community that we have. To have people to be able to go to and say, hey, I'm doing a 50 mile race on Saturday. Can you, A, one, do you want to run it or do you want to come out and just help and support? And like it, somebody always is around to say yes and to have a have people to knock ideas off of and say, hey, like, you know what? I'm thinking of doing this for training for this event. What do you think? For a long time, we didn't. It was just sort of Christy and I. Most of our friends think we're, we're are crazy. Um, you none are. of my college friends. No, well, sorry, <laughs> you. You're part of this group. <laughs> um, but you know, after after like hell on the hill and twenty nine zero twenty nine, we just getting in touch with so many like minded individuals when it comes to kind of pushing your own personal fitness. I know this is personal economy here, optimal personal economy. But when you're trying to you know get to your optimal personal fitness, having people around you that you can educate yourself about what you're trying to do. It, it's you, it's, it's great. The, one of the biggest things I learned just from all this ultra stuff too, like, the, like Antelope Canyon, but that you finished and did right there with me, having Tim and Christy and Drew there, I thought it was, it, I would not have done as well without a crew without that. I mean, it, it's like a, it's a team effort. And I don't think a lot of people who don't do this stuff realize sort of what the, the team effort behind these events. I think it's very hard to do these events solo. It can be done. Obviously, people do it all the time, self-supported things, but it's, it's fun having a crew. I agree. I think it's fun. And I think to your point, you have a better chance at performing at a higher level when you have that crew, that support, because you know it's, it's a lot different coming into an aid station at mile 82 and having your crew there versus having a drop bag that you got to go exactly. digging through, right? I mean, you, you, yeah. you're digging through a drop bag, you're delirious, you don't know what's in there, you don't know what you want, but you're digging through and you're looking and it's a lot different than saying, you know, to your crew, hey, uh, can you get me a pack of holes in a, in a Starbucks, right? I mean, uh, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just a different experience. So when you have people around you and you can really lean on them uh, to support you and to, to push you to that next level, it's, it's critical. You, I think, not just are the recipient of that support and having that crew around you, but I think you support others. In fact, I think, Mark, there was a, a point in time, was it maybe last year, where within your local community where you live, you put on, you know, kind of an informal event for children to push themselves to levels that they didn't otherwise think that they can get to. Talk to us a little bit about that experience, because I think that was, that was huge, because that was you trying to get others to really step up to a level that they didn't think they can get to. 
I, I think you're, are you, are you talking about what we did with the neighborhood kids? Um, yeah, 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 last, yeah. Yep. with COVID COVID hits and we're in a, we're in a very cool neighborhood. Our neighborhood is awesome. We have a lot of, a lot of kids in the neighborhood, all the sport and we have a very athletic neighborhood too. And all the, all the sports ended. My daughter's in gymnastics that stopped. So everything was closed. My one neighbor asked if I would just start working with the kids. And I said, yes. So my daughter and their twins, they would come over and then whoever else in the neighborhood, like it just some, the three most consistent were her twins, uh, Nathan and Maddie, and then my daughter, Leah. And then every day, maybe there'd be two other kids or three other kids, but they, they were the consistent ones. And uh, we would go out every, every day, except for maybe on a Saturday or Sunday, but six out of the seven days, I put them through a workout. In the end, when it was all said and done, they had all run a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon. They did the CrossFit Murph workout. And then we all did, uh, Spartan had done this um, 24-hour Spartan thing. And uh, the one boy, Nathan, he did everything with Christy and I right through, right up until we had to run the 50K. And it was just wild watching like watching them through the whole summer get stronger and not a complaint. I could have told them, you know what, guys, I need you to go run through that wall over there because it's going to build mental toughness. And I think all three of them, they would have looked at me like I was crazy, but they would have done it. Towards the end of that 24-hour Spartan, I forget what Spartan called it, but it was all of a virtual, one big virtual thing. The whole neighborhood was lining the street, like the parents, everybody was out. Everybody, as we were finishing up our 50K and then uh, trying to bring home the, the, you know, the winner, was out in our driveway. Everybody was cheering. People were walking. It, it, was, it, was, it was just a lot of fun. That's, that sounds awesome. I mean, for you to be able to influence, you know, kids to be able to push their fitness levels to a level that they didn't either think they can get to or... They weren't thinking about is, is really cool. Listen, Mark, when you're for our listeners, when you're not spending all your time competing and doing these long distance challenges and events, you find some time to run a pretty successful business. So you have this business here in New Jersey, Excel Fitness, and you've got a lot of clients that are coming to you who are looking to improve their fitness levels. So, and being that a lot of the people that we serve in the marketplace tend to be closely held business owners, entrepreneurs, high performing individuals. Can you just talk to our listeners a little bit about what it means to be a business owner and how and how you operate as a business owner and, and the importance of what you do every day? From a business owner's perspective is I try to lead more by example for my clients. You know, I, for example, I had one client once tell me that she, she would come in at eight o'clock and she would say, I love coming here because I get here at eight and already have expected you to say that you've run 10 miles or that you've done a thousand pushups or whatever. She, and, and that was for her, it was more sort of that leading, like she was there because she knew I was living the life I was trying to get her to do, to, you know, eat, eat, have fun, but, you know, eat well. And, and find and make time for for your own health. And I think for, as a business owner, you could get caught up very quickly in not taking care of your own health because I've seen it with both our clients. That's why they're, they're coming in because they're feeling their knees bothering, their backs bothering, their shoulders bothering them. And a lot of these things 
had they just taken a little bit more care of themselves as they were developing their business and 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 there's so there's stress involved right when when you when you're owning a business because it's always on your mind whether whether you own a fitness center or you own a, a, a financial business you're, you're always thinking about your business it, it never leaves but you have to what I try to tell everybody is you have to take care of yourself because if you start to fall apart, your business is going to start to fall apart and all that hard work that you put into it is going to be for naught. So that, that that's sort of what I, I try to get. And I try to tell our clients too that what has made them so driven and so successful in the business world, whatever field that might be, they have to try to take that mental toughness and put it towards their and use it to help them live a healthier lifestyle. You know, if they're going to business meetings and business dinners and like, you don't necessarily always have to get the steak and wine. Like they, you can now start to lead by example and make whoever you're meeting with maybe start to think about living a healthier life. Hmm. So we're not going to very often when, when restaurants are really safe to go to when you're going back out to eat, we're not going to see you taking down Yonky with pesto sauce. I mean, that's not in your uh, in your diet. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't do things like that. It's just more, you know, you want you want to you want to pick and choose. You want to you don't want to do that every single night, especially if you're not feeling good. Right. If you're waking up every morning and your your shoulders are hurt and and there's really no reason. If you're if you're in your if you're forty or 38, 40, 42, and, and you're waking up and you're just like, there's no reason for you to be waking up with constant pain unless something like take something like a, a disease or something systemically going wrong. But if, if you're overall, like you go to the doctor and they look at you and they're just like, you know what, you need to move more. You, you, that's all you need to do. Movement is medicine in a way. And I think a lot of people get caught up at their desk and now with COVID, we're even more caught up on our desk and at in Zoom calls and Google Meet calls and whatever, you know, you name it. And people just, I think, aren't, they weren't moving enough before COVID and they're not moving enough now. And I think, I think that starts to bleed over into how you are running your business. I like that. Movement is medicine. I like that. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to borrow that and, and, and use that. You know, I think, I think also the whole idea around making sure that not just fitness is important, but diet and relationships and mindset and outlook and money and, you know, all the stuff that makes up ones and in, in the way that we see the world, we call it an economy. An economy, I understand, is traditionally tied back to, you know, money and dollars and cents. But for us, when we talk about one's personal economy, we're referring to all of these domains and how are these domains working and how are these domains being optimized and how is all this how is all this being controlled? Because it's not really just the decisions. It's not about the decisions that you make. It's about the consequences that you have to live with as a result of the decisions that you make. You think those decisions through, but you also think through those consequences. So to your point, you want to stay in motion because a body in motion stays in motion. You don't want to find yourself becoming frail and becoming stiff and rigid and overweight or whatever the case might be. So, listen, this has been, uh, in my opinion, a really, really fun episode. I know we're, we're going to be looking to do these podcasts like we have been for a long time now. And we're going to have to invite you back on the show. And maybe even when you come back on the show, Mark, if it's okay with you and Christy, I'd love to have 
the two of you on because I think the two of you bring a dynamic to the conversation that a lot of our listeners could appreciate because when you have a husband and a wife or you have two spouses that are looking to focus on something, whether it be fitness or uh, raising children or whatever it may be, I think there needs to be an understanding of how to how to work together in the best interest of that objective. And I think you guys have mastered it, frankly, as it relates to the fitness game. You've mastered it in other areas, but it's very, very clear and evident that you've mastered it in the fitness game. So we're going to have to have you guys back on the show if that's okay with you guys. Oh, absolutely. I know uh, I know. Christy would love to, to hop in and uh, talk about talk with you and uh, talk about all that. That's awesome. That's good. Well, listen, Mark, I, I appreciate your time here. This has been uh, a, a real lot of fun on, on my end. Hopefully you feel the same and you know we'll look forward to our next training together, our next race or event together. Keep me posted. I'll keep you posted. But otherwise, it's been, it's been a blast. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Justin. And you bet we'll definitely be out for a, a training session or find another event very soon. That sounds good. And, if, you know, by the way, if any of our listeners would like to understand a little bit more about fitness, I believe, Mark, you guys offer the ability to do remote Zoom sessions. Is, is that right? So somebody could reach out to you, whether it be on yes, social absolutely. or your website. Yeah. Okay. How should somebody get in touch with you just in case they wanted to chat a bit? You can go on Excel's um, Instagram page, my Instagram page. You can DM me. You could also just, you can email us at schedule.excelfitnesscenter at gmail.com or you can call 908-696-8418. We get back to you pretty quickly on by whatever means is easiest for, for your anybody. That's awesome. And just by the way, just on that note, I think it was uh, our good buddy, Drew, who happens to be my crew. I think he may have reached out to you and had a few Zoom sessions and he said that they were great. Oh, that was nice, Drew. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good man. So thanks again, Mark. I appreciate it. And I look forward to talking to you real soon. Thank you for listening to Yope, your optimal personal economy. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you and invite you to visit our website, bennettfg.com. That's B-E-N-N-E-T-T-F-G.com, where you can listen or subscribe to our library of Yoke podcasts, follow us on social media, and as always, please feel free to share this episode with anyone in your personal orbit looking to become better informed and take control of their financial landscape. Justin Bennett, Registered Representative of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ Northeast Planning Corporation, 1150 Raritan Road, Suite 201, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016, 908-709-0020. Securities products offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Bennett Financial Group LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0H88104. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Bennett Financial Group LLC, and opinions stated are their own. 2021-117930 expiry 03-2023.